Hi there. Welcome to Piece of Work, the podcast. I'm Danielle Tantone. I'm a nurse, author, coach, and survivor. I love inspiring people to live their best life, reach for those big dreams, and find joy even in the pain. As I wrote my memoir over so many years, trying to make sense of a story where I was way too often the bad guy instead of the hero, I came to understand that we are all a piece of work, but we're also a work in progress. And even in our messiness, we are a work of art too, all at the very same time. In fact, we are all beautifully unique pieces of one masterpiece, waves in the same ocean. This podcast will explore the stories and struggles that make us human, the miracles that surround us, and all the ways we work to make sense of it all. Welcome to Piece of Work, the podcast. Welcome back to Piece of Work, the podcast with Danielle Tantone. Today, I'm joined by my friend Shelby Lee. Shelby Lee is a poet, mental health advocate, and book marketing strategist who has been writing on the internet for seven plus years, amassing a following of more than 500,000 readers. She is the author of the best-selling book, Changing with the Tides, and openly shares her mental health journey with self-doubt and anxiety. Shelby also empowers writers to show up on social media and promote their book, and has helped over 1,200 authors to date through courses, guides, and one-to-one services. Now, I know Shelby personally because I am one of those authors who has enlisted her help, but um, today we're chatting. I would love to chat with her just about how she got started and all of this interesting stuff, because it's not every day that you meet someone who's been able to make a living through being a poet. That is pretty awesome. Thank you. So what would you like to add, Shelby? How, how did you get here? Did you always know you wanted to be a poet? How, tell me a little bit about your journey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for having me, by the way. You're welcome. Um, I know I never thought that I would be a poet and especially, yeah, making a living as a poet. I don't think anyone believes me whenever I say that, um, but it's happening. And I feel like the poetry community is continuing to grow year after year. But I always knew I wanted to be a writer. I just didn't know it was going to be poetry. So I started off very young, being a huge bookworm, always reading book after book after book, and knew that I wanted to have my name on these books that I was seeing, that I wanted to be an author. So I wrote a lot of short stories. I wrote a lot of fiction, um, especially in high school. I wrote a couple like fiction novels that never really saw the light of day. And then I got into poetry whenever I first started college and was just navigating like change in my life and just found myself wanting to journal more and be more open about these types of things that I was experiencing mentally. Um, So I just kind of started writing a poem a day for a year was how I started off. So I kind of go big or go home type of person. That's a huge discipline right there. Yeah. Yeah. So I started sharing those poems on Tumblr, which isn't really used very much anymore, but at the time it was, and I, that was my first taste of kind of getting readers or like growing my audience a little bit. So I became very fascinated with that and the social media world, which brought me to sharing my work on Instagram and now TikTok, which is where I have the biggest audience. So yeah, it's been, I think seven years now and I never thought that poetry would stick like it has, but I'm glad it has. That's so amazing. Such a great story. And just if I may ask, how old are you? Cause I know you're younger than me. I'm 25. 25. That is so awesome. I mean, it's not very many writers who can make a living doing their writing at 25. You know, usually 
you just got to do other things until you, till you can make it. That is so, so inspiring. Um, so tell me a little bit about your poetry and how you ended up in that genre and how you got that way. Yeah, I really just started reading a lot of poetry, mostly through like Tumblr was how I was finding other poets to talk to and see how like vulnerable they were being about mental health. And again, it was kind of something that I just started writing these things that I didn't really know could be considered poetry. I feel like poetry can be kind of gatekeepy a lot. And people say like, this is a poem, this isn't a poem. And so my style of poetry, there's people that would say they're not poems and that's fine. You know, have your own opinion. Who really decides what is a poem and what isn't a poem? I mean, yeah, I think it's a personal choice. I think anything can be a poem. That's the kind of realm that I'm in, but you know, everyone has their own thoughts on that. But um, I was just reading very like free verse, open, vulnerable, shorter poems and they were really resonating with me and I just started kind of pouring my heart out on the page and that's how I got started and then I just met a lot of other poets from sharing my work online and reading hundreds of poetry books at this point just to see other people's styles and see what else is going on in the poetry world and I just have fallen in love with it as a medium of sharing your most vulnerable thoughts and I just love it I think it's beautiful I think it's so beautiful too and I I've, I really respect and admire your ability to do that. My daughter is a poet. She's 16 right now. And she, I, I've never understood that ability to, to speak kind of lyrically about those feelings. I, I'm a very literal, I was a, I have a journalism background. And so I, you know, the book I wrote is a memoir and it also has a lot of you know, personal and a lot of mental health, a lot of anxiety. I talk about some of the same issues, but I don't know how to do it. I've never, I've never practiced doing it in a, Mm -hmm. in a more artsy poetic way. I always want to explain it in full sentences. And so that I really admire and appreciate people who can do that because it's, it doesn't come naturally to me. I've had a couple, I wrote a poem once several years ago to my daughter that uh-huh. I thought was, I thought was decent. It was the first time I tried to just be, you know, not explain everything to have a little bit of imagery yeah. and, and just, and see where it went. And, you know, I think she liked it, but <laughs> I haven't, I haven't published it or anything. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I feel like I'm the opposite. I mean, I have a professional writing background. Like I studied marketing and professional writing in college, mm-hmm. but I still have a really hard time being very like blunt in my writing and, not try to include that like flowery imagery that a lot of poets use. So it's kind of opposite for me in that way. That's cool. And I think it's probably good. I think it was a good exercise even to think of, think in terms of poetry when I was writing my memoir, because I think that imagery and sometimes using different words and using different images can be really helpful, even in, in more prose writing. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So TikTok. You, the, I first, I can't even remember who connected me to you the first time. You know, I've been, I'm a little bit of like a, a course junkie <laughs> of sorts. Yeah. Like I just, you know, I'm always learning and trying to, you know, I'm, I'm an author, I'm a nurse, I'm a realtor. I've, I have this Medicare business. I'm trying to be an online entrepreneur. So I've been mm-hmm. in these spaces blogging and learning about all different things for so many years that. But it was only at the end of last year that somehow I got connected to you, probably through someone else's webinar or something. And mm-hmm. I heard of you and I was like, wow, she's an author who's been able 
to sell what it was like 40,000 books through TikTok. And yeah. that just boggled my mind because I think of TikTok as something my kids do. I have two teenage daughters yeah. and I have a six-year-old who loves watching TikTok with her dad. And to me, like they scroll through and just, you know, each person, each of them watches completely different types of videos on TikTok. Mm-hmm. But I started hearing about book talk and I started wondering how, how would an author use TikTok to sell books? And how did this young girl sell poetry on TikTok? So can you tell us, walk us through like how you stumbled upon TikTok, how that worked out and how you use it today? Sure. Yeah. I love TikTok. (laughs) Um, So I'm happy to talk about it. I, so as I mentioned, like I was studying marketing in school, I was very into social media. I mean, I also just grew up in that world. Mm -hmm. So that was my generation's thing. Um, I wasn't like an early adopter of TikTok. I feel like I was not late, but just right in between. I started in 2020. So, so we're late now. See, I thought we were still kind of in between <laughs> right now. No, 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 we still are. We still are. It's <laughs> definitely not too late. <laughs> um, Cause I have like five terms- TikToks so far that Shelby's <laughs> helping when we get started. Yes. No, it's going great. Um, no, definitely, definitely not too late in 2023. Um, but I, yeah, I started around 2020 and I started off just like experimenting with the app, not really posting myself and just seeing what other people were doing. But you hit the nail on the head when you said everyone in your family sees wildly different things Mm -hmm. because it's so tailored to you. So I didn't know other poets were using it. I didn't know if other authors were using it or seeing success. I think the book talk thing was just kind of starting to grow that year. And so I started seeing a little bit of book talk stuff. I knew a couple other poets that started to read their poems on TikTok. So I was like, okay, I don't want to be late to this. I don't want to be, you know, I want to try um, and give it a shot this year and see how it goes. Cause I had self-published a couple books and was getting sales from Instagram and other platforms and continuing to learn. Um, but that's when it really took off for me was with TikTok. So I started reading my poems on there in 2020. And I think by the end of that year, it was like when I had my first kind of viral moments and I was able to get an agent from that. Um, from sales from my book. And then it's kind of continued to grow from there. 2021, 2022. Um, I got a republishing deal, a different book deal for my third book that just came out. Um, It's been a wild journey, but it was definitely terrifying. Whenever I first started, I had never like spoken out loud my poems, um, especially not on social media. I was very like not much showing my face, not really being on video. So it was a huge like learning curve for me and also just getting over that self-doubt of hearing my voice and everything. Yeah, so, everybody thinks their voice sounds horrible yeah. at first. <laughs> and you're sure. a, kind of a natural introvert. Would you call yourself an introvert? Is that? Definitely. Okay. Definitely an introvert. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. And I've just, always been, I've always thought of myself as an extrovert and I still am, but I think as I get older, I'm more and more introverted. And I think you have to be at least a little bit introverted to write a whole book anyway. <laughs> That's a lot of hours alone uh, yeah, in solitude. I feel like most writers would say they're introverted. Yeah. I don't know if that's true, but I really I value like solitude, but I do have, yeah. I do have that extroverted quality too, where I love mm-hmm. performing and being the center of attention and, um, I have been trying to embrace that again because I think for many years I've sort of been yeah. behind the scenes. Um, that so sense. that's, yeah, that's really cool that you were able to, even as a, as an introvert, you were able to 
come out of that. And I've, I've heard of from so many introverts who are able to be really successful on social media and on, mm-hmm. you know, on video. And that's fascinating to me because it mm-hmm. seems like, oh, I'm an extrovert. I should be better at that, but I'm not. <laughs> No. And I think everyone, it takes time. I mean, I don't know how many people are naturally great on camera, especially when it's talking to yourself, because like in a podcast interview or a phone call, like you might be totally fine. And then whenever you just have to talk to yourself and get the conversation going alone. Yeah. With no one else to ask questions or answer questions. It's a whole other challenge. Very cool. Oh, tell us about this book that just came out. It just came out last week, right? Or yes, I don't, I don't know when exactly this, yeah. this podcast will be published, oh, but so tell us what date it came out and tell us a little bit about it and where we can find it. Yeah, thanks. Um, it came out January 24th. Um, it's called Girl Made of Glass. It's my third poetry collection. Um, it's my longest collection yet. And it has this like haunting kind of theme to it. So I tackle a lot of mental health topics in my books. Um, you'll see anxiety and insecurities and self-doubt and fears and things like that throughout my books. But this one kind of focused on um, different fears that we have, how the past can kind of haunt us and how past relationships can haunt us. So there's four different sections and each of them kind of takes you through a different fear in a way. And then the last section is entirely devoted to like self-love poems because that's um, a lot of my work is centered around self-love. So that's really neat. Yeah, I'm really excited that it's out and it's definitely the one I'm most proud of. Um, My last book that I released was in 2019 and then it ended up getting republished last year so it's been even though I feel like I just had a book launch last year because it was republished it's been like three years since I've put out new work actually over three years since I put out entirely new work so and you've probably learned a lot about the launch process and definitely changed some things definitely yeah lots more launching and marketing strategy involved I think that's so cool. I I can't wait to read your book. I did I did purchase it, um, but oh, haven't you. I haven't gotten my hard copy yet. And I did download it, but I'm always running around doing too many things, so I did not read it yet. But no I'm looking forward to it because I think some of the themes, you know, interestingly enough, you're a 25 year old poet living in Ohio, right? Yes. And yeah. I'm a 48 year old nurse, author, entrepreneur ish person living in. Arizona. And yeah. yet the themes of our respective books, I think are really similar. And, yeah. you know, I think coming down to that self-love, I'm, I'm so proud of you for coming to understand that so young. I think so, you. it takes some of us a lot longer. Yeah. Well, I definitely haven't mastered it yet, but I do write about it a lot in my you struggle with do. it. So it's a work in progress. Exactly. We're all a piece of work, a work in progress and a work of art. My, my tagline, my subtitle. Um, But yeah, so true. It is a work in progress. And I think at different times in our lives, we, we can look back and, and understand things differently. I think if I had written a book at 25, it would have been still a good book. It just would have been a really different book than the one I wrote last year and the one I'll write 20 years, you know, but that's, that's so cool. All right. So what we talked about TikTok. We talked about what, what else? What else should we know? I, I think the marketing I, idea is interesting because I think a lot of people are trying to f- figure out both what to do with their life, how to make a living online or yeah. how to market themselves. And the fact that you've just been able to do all of those things is really cool. Yeah. So 
I don't know. Yeah, what... Thank you. I feel like, yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't immediate. Like I know I'm on the younger end and everything, but it definitely was like seven years of constant marketing myself and pretty much posting on a almost daily basis, um, especially TikTok like daily, but I, you know, I never want anyone to think that it was like an immediate thing or that it just happened or anything like that. Cause it definitely, I know it takes people longer as well, but it wasn't like a one year thing or anything like that for me. Um, something but I you think s- a lot of it, I was just no, sorry to interrupt. I was just thinking yeah. something you said earlier that I think is really important is that you grew up in this world of social media, like to you, there was never a world without social media. And so I think a lot of people in my age group, we do use it. I mean, we sort of grew up, grew up right before it. And, but so we were already adults when it started becoming a thing. So we do embrace it and we have used it in our work for many years, but it's a different kind of knowledge of it than than what your generation I don't think we're actually from different generations but you know what I mean (laughs) yeah no definitely I totally agree I think I started I wasn't allowed to be on social media actually for a lot of my childhood so I was kind of like that's late I feel like in my age group um but I think yeah whenever I first started on like Instagram and I want to say like 10th grade I was in so it's pretty young and then high school was just surrounded with that and you kind of had to be on it to like interact with your classmates and hang you know plan hangouts and all those sorts of things like that everyone was doing so definitely was a huge part of my like high school experience and all of that and of course has carried through to being a huge part of my career and the work that I do with other authors as well so yeah it's definitely a huge part of the age group that I grew up in and I feel like in the entrepreneur world or just like any sort of online or not online but creative entrepreneur type of person whether that's an author or course seller or anything like that mm-hmm. like the struggle of promoting yourself and selling yourself is a really hard barrier to get over like a lot of us just it's just not natural to do and talk about ourselves and try to promote ourselves so that was certainly a barrier for me where I felt like I truly am talking about this enough but I'm not seeing any sort of like results at all or anything like that and then I just realized like no I'm not you really have to like shout it out there to be heard I mean people are seeing thousands of posts a day hundreds of posts we talked about that just the other day in the in your author group that I'm a part of that I feel like I am talking about my book constantly and people are so sick of hearing about it but And, and maybe some people probably are, but they're not really my audience either. (laughs) So, um, the, the fact that you, you really need to do way more marketing and promoting of yourself than you think. What other avenues do you use besides TikTok and what, uh, what do you teach other authors and other entrepreneurs to use? Yeah. My main focus is Instagram and TikTok, um, especially for my audience. That's just where I've found the most success. Um, I do teach like Facebook as well. And then like website and newsletter would be like my next big thing. Cause I always believe in having a platform off of social media that you actually own yourself. That can't really Absolutely. be hacked or taken away from you and all of that. Totally. Um, so the, who knows what'll the happen areas. with these platforms, exactly. right? Yeah. TikTok's a little iffy right now. So <laughs> I have my fingers crossed, but you never know. Um, mm. But yeah, those are my main platforms that I would recommend. Very cool. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think what else I want to ask you about. Where I'm in, um, I'm in um, Old Town Scottsdale, which is uh, a really cool 
we call it old town. It's actually not that old, but Scottsdale, Arizona is a old West town that has become very posh and much more upscale than it was when I grew up here. And this podcasting studio that I've started recording at this year is right on main street in old town Scottsdale. So there's a window right in front of me open to the, to people walking by. And Mm. tomorrow is the Parada del Sol, which is a, so, so today is February 3rd. I don't know when I'm going to actually publish this, but tomorrow's the Parada del Sol, which is a famous parade that happens every year in February. My sister used to think it was her birthday parade because it was her birthday's February 6th. So it happens her birthday weekend. But anyway, so there's tons of traffic, tons of people walking by. So I was just, (laughs) they're like peeking in the window going, Oh, what's happening here? It's a very interesting setup to, to be recording here, but it's kind of fun. So that's a cool thing. So you've, you've done a lot of, um, you've, have you, how have you done a lot of podcast interviews? You don't have your own podcast, do you? But you've gone on other people's. I've heard you on at least one. Yeah, I do. I have my own podcast. I started it last year. Um, it's for more for my readers. So it's not like marketing focused. It's okay. called small steps to self-love and it's about Very cool. self-love and mental health and all of that. Um, and yeah, I think last year it was a goal of mine to start being on podcasts because I really hadn't before last year, but I think last year I ended up doing like 15 ish, which was lot. fun. That's a good amount. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I was happy with that and I really enjoy it. It was like another starting one was certainly a challenge for me just with my introverted nature and yeah, asking questions to people and like having to organize my outline every time. So I've gotten more like relaxed, but I remember my first few, I was so nervous that I see that's where we're totally different. So I did not prepare at all, obviously, which you can see me you know, struggling to think of what to ask you. I'd love to have prepared. I wanted to prepare, but it just didn't happen. But I also, I struggle with the tech part of it. So Mm -hmm. that's why I'm here at a studio. Um, I, I started with one studio and then I was like, you know, I think I can do this on my own. I was part of some podcasting groups and I thought, you know, I'll just buy a microphone and there's editing software. It's not that hard, but Mm -hmm. I realized, you know what, it's not that hard, but it's not my giftedness. It's not something I love doing. It it takes me 10 times longer to do than somebody who's decent at it. And so I found this arrangement and it works, works really nice. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. To be fair, my fiance helps me with a lot of the tech stuff. So that's awesome. I can, I can usually figure it out, but he covers most of it and that's just not my area of strength. When are you getting married? Um, next May, we just got engaged last month. So That's May, 2024, still a ways away. Congratulations. Thank you. Ah, what else should we talk about? You, you tell me, where do you want to go with this? Hmm. I don't know. All right. <laughs> so we've gotten to know each other a little bit last month through yeah. your, um, you have some courses. You can tell us a little bit about those, even though, my audience, I don't really have an audience, so I don't know if most of the people listening to this aren't necessarily authors, but I think that a lot of the stuff you teach authors are, is very appropriate to, to anyone. So tell us a little bit about your courses and you know, what you, what you do and what, what you teach people. Sure. Yeah. So I, again, like I said, I have a background in social media marketing. That's what I studied in college and what I did all throughout college. And then a few years after I graduated was social media management. So 
very much in the social media world and really wanted to take what I've learned about selling all of my books to other authors. So I've created some different guides on like TikTok, Instagram. I have like a introductory digital marketing course for authors as well. Like you said, it's definitely applicable to other types of creative industries as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have some different one-to-one services. Danielle and I did a marketing month together. Um, I offer like VIP marketing days where it's just one day of kind of back and forth support and I audit your social media platforms and all of that. Um, but yeah, it's been really fun. I think last year I served over 1300 authors. Wow. Total a- the courses and guides and everything. Um, so I'm hoping to continue growing that. And I love just meeting other authors and chatting with them about their books and stuff. So it's been really fun. So tell me more about, about more details about um, your, your writing process and mm-hmm. your marketing process and how the two go together and when you start marketing and, how the TikTok thing happened too, like more specifically. Sure. My writing process is pretty all over the place. I'm definitely not a structured person when it comes to like a writing routine. So it's, it's pretty much all over the place whenever I feel inspired and write usually on the weekends. I'm a handwritten type of person with poetry. So I'll usually like journal and then type it up afterward, but I really am very unstructured. Um, With my poetry books, I kind of, Um, have an idea in mind of the themes that I want to cover, or at least like the story that I want to tell in my work. So I'll typically go back through all of the poems that I've written that haven't been published yet and kind of pull from that um, to put a collection together. So it's somewhat structured, but for the most part, I'm kind of just writing and piecing together a story as I go, which is kind of fun, but obviously different than a lot of fiction writers might tell their stories Mm -hmm. Um, with marketing and the marketing process. Yeah. I try to start promoting them a few months in advance and just allude to the fact that I'm working on a new collection and that it's coming soon. And here's what you can expect. And, you know, you do the cover reveal and the title reveal and get people excited about all of that. Um, I do that more on Instagram. I find that TikTok is more of a immediate gratification type of platform where they want the book to be out and available to buy. So I don't really do a whole lot of pre-launching on that platform. And okay. of course, email, I also do some different pre-launching. But with TikTok, it really was just a matter of like testing different styles of videos um, for me and learning the most important thing you'll hear about TikTok is like the hook and the first second being really, really critical to people watching the rest of the video. So Give it's really us, just about tell me that. what a hook is exactly. Give me like a, an example and a um, definition and like yeah. some, some, some examples. Sure. So I think of a hook kind of like a headline as writers, we would want to write like a captivating headline to grab people's attention, basically. So a hook could be either text on the screen that people are stopping and seeing it and they're not scrolling any further because they're interested. It could be the audio itself. So you can add sounds to your TikTok or you could do a voiceover or be on camera talking and that stops people because they want to see what happens next. So those would be examples of hooks. I usually recommend a mix of both. I always have most of the time, always a voiceover plus text on the screen that stops people. Um, for me, I really focus on speaking directly to my audience, which are people that are going through these different mental health or relationship experiences. And so an example hook is like, if you are going through anxiety or if you are facing anxiety, stop and listen to this. And I say to stop, (laughs) which might not work for every person, but mine is very like, stop and listen. This is for you sort of thing. 
Um, and that gets people to stop and watch the rest of my video and hear the message that I have to say, which for me is usually reading a poem from my book. Um, so yeah. And then there's, you know, different types of hooks, like for a fiction or nonfiction that might be like, would you read a book that has dot, 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 and then like list out different tropes or plot points or cliffhangers, things like that are very common in like the book talk world as well. Um, so there's just such a avid reader community on that platform that supports authors that talks about books that they're reading. So, um, yeah, there's so many different ways you could formulate a hook, but those are some examples. That's thank you for that. I probably should have asked you that question a long time ago. Cause I think I never, I didn't quite understand what you meant yeah. and that, that clarified it. And I Good. love that mm-hmm. example of stop because I think, yeah. I think that's the, that's the way I need to, you know, my book is a memoir, right. but it has a lot of the same themes as yours. And I could do the same thing. Like if you're thinking oh. about this, stop, read this. And it's hard when it's something that you wrote that's autobiographical, mm-hmm. but yet it has universal, um, you know, not advice, but application, I guess. Yeah. So that's very interesting. Thank you. What, a, what another word that I think I've been hearing now that I'm learning about book marketing is tropes, but I don't mm-hmm. think that's a word that like the everyday person is familiar with what is a trope and what is that? What do you do with it? What does that mean? Yeah, it's more common in Sorry like fiction books. <laughs> um, no, that's fine. I don't know if I'll be able to articulate the exact definition. Hey, if you well, can but... give me a, like a common, you know, layperson understanding of it, that's all I'm looking for. <laughs> yeah. So it's more like recurring. Uh, I'm going to use the word themes again. I don't know if that's exactly right, but themes that are found in like fiction books. So, um, An example could be like the enemies to lovers trope, Mm -hmm. which is like common in fiction books where the couple starts off as enemies. And by the end of the book, they're lovers. So people, you know, there's readers out there who would love the enemies to lovers trope. They want to read books that have that in it. Um, So that's one example that's coming to the top of my head. But it's kind of just like those reoccurring themes that happen across genres um, that you have readers who are really interested in those types of plot points, kind of what I would say. Interesting. Yeah, I guess. That's something I need to think about some more too. And then a cliffhanger, a cliffhanger isn't necessarily like who did it, who killed the lady. Like obviously, like what would a cliffhanger be in a, in something that's more, that's not so melodramatic of a, of a plot. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? Um, So yeah, it doesn't, doesn't have to be like solving the mystery. It could just be leaving people off on something intriguing I mean I don't know like I guess if we're talking like relationships if there's like a breakup or a divorce like find out what happens next after these two fight it out you know things like that it doesn't have to be like a murder or anything like that or like a mystery solving thing it's just like how can I end this video or this book description or something like that on an unknown that would get people wanting to open my book and find out what happens next I think that's such that is, you've given me so much to think about, not just today, but during the whole month that we spent together, like more than I could implement in that month. And I'm hoping that I can, I remember to come back to it and really, really do what you've, because you've just kind of made the idea start stirring in my head. Good, good. So thank glad. you for that. Um, yeah. Let's see, where else do we want to go with this? So what about, so you said you started, you, you, started working in marketing and then you ended up, what did you, what, what's your, tell me your story a little bit. Like, did you quit your job now and you're doing this full time? Tell me about how that, how that worked out. 
Yeah. So it's been a little over a year since I um, left my job to do this full time, um, which was a whole other scary time for me. It was really like a lot harder than I thought it was going to be doing that. But yeah, I worked um, with a company in social media management for, I started in college and then was there for like four years. Um, But I just knew like my passion is in writing, is in wanting to pursue like entrepreneurship more and be self-employed and do the courses and guides and all of that stuff. So yeah, it took me, I had like my six month plan in place. (laughs) Um, and I just knew like, okay, if I can make enough this year to kind of boost my, like my corporate salary and feel stable enough to do this, I'm going to go for it. So once I kind of met that goal and had kind of something in place with my business, I knew that it was time. Um, it was very scary and I'm very like, I'm a very loyal person. So, I felt like I was disappointing so many people and all Mm. of that. But of course you have to follow your dream and do what you need to do. So um, yeah, it's been a a little over a year and it's been very, very rewarding and fulfilling and the busiest I've ever been for sure. But I love it. Congratulations. I mean, I think that if I was to, to guess about my audience, it would probably be people who are maybe a little older than you, but who are dreaming of something else, a life to look a little differently. So what advice would you give someone who's, you know, maybe in a job that they like, but, or or they've been there a long time and they're, they're just ready for something different. How, how can somebody decide what might be a good fit and how can they prepare so that, because what I've done in my life isn't necessarily what I would advise other people to do. I just (laughs) sort of get to a point where I can't stand it another day and I just quit. And I, yeah, I know there'll yeah. be another plan and no, I always land on my feet, but that's not yeah. necessarily the way most people want to do things in the way I would recommend. <laughs> so what would you recommend for somebody who's just not quite sure they they're where they want to be, but they're not sure maybe where they do want to be? Yeah, I think just like exploring as many other passions and hobbies, like what you think you might be interested in and just giving it a try. I feel like we put off things a lot because we think like, oh, there's time next year for that, or I'm too busy. There'll be time next month or whenever that it ends up time flies by and we have missed, you know, those opportunities. So I think just experimenting with what you could enjoy, even if it's a hobby that you think there's no way you can make money from it. Honestly, the way that the online world works, I think that you can make money from pretty much anything. <laughs> um, so it certainly takes time. I think time, you've but... proven that to be true. I mean, that's pretty amazing what you've been able to do. Yeah. So I just don't think that anything should be off the table if you're passionate about it. But I think the longer you put something off, the longer it's going to take to see results and possibly make income from it or whatever your goals are. So, you know, whenever I have authors come to me and and ask how I grew, but they haven't started posting it or they haven't taken that leap into even writing their book because they're scared of what might happen. You're never going to know until you start, until you try. And the longer it takes to start writing it, the longer it's going to be before it's out and has the ability to impact people and reach people. So I think just keeping that in mind, not that I want to put pressure on people in any way, but I think just knowing what your goals are, knowing that life's too short to put off your dreams, your entire life, and it's worth going for now. I totally agree with that. And I think that sometimes some people need that pressure. Some of us put it on all ourselves. Like, you know, I, me too. I couldn't not write my book. I couldn't not do any of the things I've done, but not everybody's like that. Some people need that, that extra push. So 
That's true. That's why you're a coach. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. So where can people find you if they want to read your books or if they are interested from an author perspective or if they're interested in your coaching? What, what, where, where are you? Yeah, sure. So shelbylee.co co uh, is my main website where you can find my books and everything. And then I'm at Shelby Lee poetry on TikTok and Instagram. If you want to check out my poems and what I'm doing there. Um, and then if you go to shelbylee.co slash marketing, you'll see kind of a list of the different offers that I have in the marketing world as well. Very cool. That was a, something we could talk about for a few minutes before we say goodbye is sure. your, there's a, a couple different philosophies and people who are who are online. So you, obviously you started out being in social media from a social perspective purely, you know, as a child, as a as a teenager. Yeah. And then gradually you shifted and you have chosen to you actually kind of differentiate, compartmentalize your different businesses even on social yeah. media. Do you also have a personal social media that that's different where you communicate with friends and family? Tell, tell us a little bit about that and the different philosophies and how you cho- choose, because I think that can be overwhelming for people, too, is how do I where do I post what and how do I? Yeah. yeah how question. do I be on social media? Yeah. So people are surprised by this, that I don't have any personal social media accounts. And I was never really big into the like sharing those types of details of my life. Um, so I did like in high school, again, whenever I mentioned, like, that's kind of how you made friends and like stayed connected with people. And I did it in college. That too, is but, amazing. Yeah. My kids, yeah. like they don't even get together the way we did when I was in high school. They, yeah. they interact on social media as almost exclusively to some, like, yeah. not entirely, no, it's, but it's really interesting what it's done to, it's called social media, but it's interesting what it's done to socializing mm-hmm. as a whole. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I, yeah, I kind of deleted all of that and was like, I just want to start as like my writing stuff is what I'm focusing on. If I want to get in touch with friends and family, like we'll text each other, we'll call each other and catch up sort of thing. So yeah, I don't do any like personal social media stuff. And then I focused on that growth. And then whenever I started the book marketing business stuff, I didn't want to confuse audiences there just because a lot of my audience aren't authors. So I did create a separate website, like landing page and different social medias for promoting that sort of thing. That's cool. So my, like, I think we've talked a little bit about this and my philosophy is, is a little bit different, partially just because of my personality. I mean, I can't manage, I'm a little bit ADHD, I think. And having that many different, you know, personas, I guess it doesn't work for me. So I, I actually, even though I have used social media for business, I was a realtor for many years. I still am a realtor, but I, I actually helped other realtors with their social media back nice. probably about 15 years ago, predominantly. So, mm-hmm. so it's changed a lot. It was mostly Facebook back then. Yeah. And what has always worked for me, even though I understand that, you know, the business Facebook page and then, you know, now Instagram and I, I always interacted a lot on my personal page, even when it was a business type post and I'd do a combination of personal and business. And I built a, a really engaged following, not really a following. It's just a friend, you know, a, a sphere of influence because real estate is a very personal um, industry. Anyway, you, you, you right. kind of become friends with your, with your people and you part, a lot of the marketing that realtors do is, is like very personal. So yeah, that makes sense that 
when I came to become an author and as I was writing my book over many years, cause it took me many years to get to that point. Um, mm-hmm. I was engaging as me and I, I want to keep doing that. And yet I'm also learning how to, in, in order to reach a broader audience than just the people who I already, who are, I already know I need to do more on my business Facebook page and my business TikTok. So it's been interesting to me. And I would also like to do coaching. I'm, I'm planning a life co- coaching course and a, a book mm. coaching course. I want to help other people write their story, their memoirs. Awesome. So, but I'm, so I've, I always play around with these ideas. Should I, should I segment it like you have, or should I just, and, and what I always come back to is I couldn't, I couldn't be that it's already too fractured for me. I can't, I can't do it. I'm a nurse. I'm an author. I'm trying to be a coach and I'm a podcaster and it just has to be all together. And I just, you know, have to show up as I am because I only have so many hours in the day and I juggle a lot of plates. So it's just neat that there's so many different ways to do it. Obviously you've been a lot more successful in your way. So maybe there's something to that. (laughs) No, I think like I always say that you have to make it work for you, how your brain works, how you function best. I mean, if you're not into what you're doing and I say this for people trying out TikTok who hate it, like it's not worth your time if you hate it and it's not doing anything for you. Like there's other ways to spend your time. And if that's, not going to work for you and to have multiple accounts, then don't have multiple accounts. It will, it will work out. Cool. One more time. I want to come back to the 40,000 books on TikTok. Tell me one more time how that worked. Like, what did you post that became viral? You you, I think you, I've heard you talk about this. It was a couple different posts, but how did that work for people who don't understand how that could possibly happen on TikTok? Yeah. I mean, the, the really nice thing about TikTok is that the way that the platform works and the algorithm works is that you can see videos. Most of the videos you see are going to be from people that you aren't following. So you really have potential to reach thousands of people, um, in some cases, millions of people. So I've over the past few years of posting on it have had, you know, a good chunk of videos that have gotten that viral range. Everyone has a different number for that. For, For me, that's, you know, a few hundred thousand or more. Um, hey, I'd be happy leave. with 1000 at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a slow start. It's a slow growth. It, that was the same for me too. So it, it happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, all of my posts for the most part are about my book. They're reading from my book. So people see the product and they know that they want it. And I am very clear about here's the name of the book. Here's where to get it in every video. Um, I always put that in the comments and it just has led to a lot of sales. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, some videos are total flops for me, even three years into it. And I'm like, man, like this is, this is going horribly. Um, but I just always remember that it it tends to come back and the engagement ebbs and flows quite a bit. So yeah. Was there one video that, that really just like took off though? Or was it, or or was it kind of over time it started building? And yeah, there's been a few videos that stand out to me. Um, the very first one, I mean, first of all, I'm a huge advocate of like reposting things that have worked well in the past. Um, you've probably heard me say that before. Um, so there's one poem in particular that I've posted probably 10 or 15 times at this point that has, sometimes it flops, but sometimes it gets, I think the most was like 10 or 11 million views. Um, that one was like January of last year. And that was like a life-changing moment for me. That was one of the ones that helped me get a book deal with a pretty large publisher. Um, I mean, it was like 4,000 sales within like two days. Like it was wild. Um, And then there was the very first 
big moment for me was like the end of 2020. Um, and that one was, I don't remember the exact hook I used, but something along the anxiety realm or like, this is for you if blah, blah, blah. And, um, yeah, that one led to quite a few amount of views too in sales. That is so, so impressive. I have to take a look at all your, all your old videos and see what I can, what I can learn. I've learned so much from you already. And I think we all can learn a lot from you. Um, I did have one more question as I, that I've been taking notes. I have a whole like, well, you can't see it very well, but I was wondering if, do you ever do paid ads or do you, do you purely use TikTok? Yeah, for my books, I haven't delved into paid ads. I think I've done maybe a few like Facebook ads a few years ago, just trying them out very low budget. I've really been getting into Facebook ads for my courses and guides. That's how a lot of people are finding those. Um, but yeah, I haven't done any paid ads for my book sales. It's been all organic. Actually, I might, that might be how I found you was, was through a Facebook ad. Now that I think about it, I bought your TikTok guide first, Mm -hmm. which is great. And it's very affordable. That's one thing that's so cool is your, I was like, Oh, you know what? For whatever small amount of money. I mean, it was like $30 $30 or something, I think. Yeah, it's 27. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, I was going to say 27 for $27. <laughs> you know what? I can afford to, to waste that much money, even if it's a waste. And it definitely mm-hmm. was not. And then I connected with you and got on your email list. And then I heard mm-hmm. you on another podcast that I listened to. So it's really cool how, how things kind of come around like that. But yeah, yeah that's so. cool. Yeah. I'm glad right. we've connected for sure. And yeah. I appreciate you having me on. Me too. Is there anything else you'd like to add that as we close? Mm, I think we've covered a lot. Um, yeah, I would just say like going back to that passion and I feel like your work kind of covers that too. And just being very real, like just don't put it off. If you are passionate about something, go for it. Thank you. That is, that is some good advice. Thanks Shelby. Have a nice afternoon. And it was so good to see you today. Thank you. You too. Thanks again for having me. Okay. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. This is Danielle Tantone with Piece of Work. And we're all a piece of work, a work in progress, and a work of art. And you can grab my book on Amazon. Or you can go to my website, daniellantone.com. On all the socials, it's it's also at Danielle Tantone. 